Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. To um, talk about the miracle provision. Uh, we're, I, I know we've been... I'm going to give you a break tonight from uh, follow to lead or disciple making. We're going to talk about the miracle of provisions. We're getting ready to go into the holiday of Thanksgiving, and we're thankful. We 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 actually at this point, whether a lot of people realize or not, we're, we've gone through the harvest, and the corn has been brought in, the, the beans have been brought in, the fruit. The vegetables, all of these things been brought in. And what a blessing that it is. We are, think about it here tonight, we are blessed. And it's a miracle. It is a miracle for the blessings of the Lord. Um, we do, before I go further, we do need to remember, uh, Sister Burke said, those that are traveling. And also, uh, those that are sick. There's sickness going around still. We just need to pray that God would give healing there. But... Uh, thank the Lord for the provisions that He provides for us because it is a miracle. Uh, I have been in other countries and I have seen uh, begging. I have seen people that had no food or, or they were just trusting for food for that day. Uh, I know in Haiti, uh, while we were there, there was uh, people would go to uh, different areas of the town to buy food, just what they could buy for that day. And every day they would try to buy food just to sustain them for that day, uh, whether it be vegetables or uh, whatever it was. I, I know we were conducting the Bible school, and um, we would give out a little packet of a toothbrush and toothpaste and a comb and, and various things to the Bible school students. And uh, we would give them toothpaste, and they would take the toothpaste, and they would sell toothpaste to people out on the street with that toothpaste. And they'd come back to me and say, uh, I need more toothpaste. And i said, say, how in the world could you use a tube of toothpaste in just a week or two weeks? There's no way. Uh, it takes me a long time to go through toothpaste, but how could you do that? Are you, I asked them, are you eating it? No, you're not eating it. Uh, but I found out they were selling on the streets. <laughs> so it's amazing what you'll do just to survive. But, you know, in America, uh, a lot of times we do take it for granted that we are blessed beyond measure. We are so blessed in the Lord and the provisions. And because of that blessing doesn't mean that we just need to harbor it for ourselves. There are people in need all around this world, in our country even, even in our community. There are people tonight that are probably trying to figure out where they're going to find money enough to eat. And yes, that does happen in America also. So we need to be sensitive to those things. But we are entering into a holiday of thanksgiving. And we need to be thankful for the provisions that God has given us. uh, For good health, for food, for a house, for shelter, a roof over our head, uh, for people that love us, people that care about us, for a good church, uh, for the Word of God, uh, the, the truth of the Word of God. Thank the Lord for that, those provisions. It's not just limited to food, uh, but thank the Lord for everything that we have and his blessings, and we want to be able to bless others. Now, I'm going to be reading a few scriptures here, and I'm going to talk about a story that is very familiar to you. Um, but I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse, thir- uh, verse 19. Philippians 4, chap- uh, chapter 4, verse 19. Sister Juan, that's in the New Testament, just in case you needed to know that. So, Philippians 4, 19. I know Sister Juwan knows that, but <laughs> Philippians four nineteen. If someone gets there, if you could read it for us here tonight, who would like to read that? Sister Juwan, she found it. Yes, he should supply all your need. 
according to His riches. So that means that He's got everything that we need. Amen? Everything that we need. And we're thankful for that. Now, the story we're going to read here in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, and uh, verse 14 through 21. I'm going to read these scriptures, Matthew 14, 14 through 21. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place. And the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven... He blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full and they that had eaten were about five thousand men beside women and children. So here is a miracle. It is a miracle of provisions. And uh, when we look at the, uh, the thought of if God can provide or even ask the question, can God provide for my life or my family or my friends or my church family, I want us to understand here God is all-powerful. Isn't that right, Sister Sherry? God is all-powerful. And uh, we need to not underestimate God's concern and care for His people. He cares about you. He cares about every need that you have, whether it's a gigantic need or it's a just a small, minute need. By, and it's not a small need, but if you lost your keys, he's cared, He cares about that also. Let me ask the question, how many have lost your keys and you've asked God to show you where they were at? And He did. Raise your hand. Okay. See, He cares about those needs. And you know, that's one of the most frustrating, Brother Austin, things I've ever dealt with is you lose your keys and, and you can't find them. And you know you just had them. And you can't, it's not an old age thing, by the way. It, it's, I, I did that when I was younger. And, uh, but uh, we don't need to underestimate God's concern about us and His care for us. He cares about us uh, more than we could even imagine. And He is all-powerful, and He has all the power to take care of the needs of our lives. We could sit here tonight and talk, have testimony service about all that God has provided for us, what He's given to us, how He's helped us, and how He has performed miracles after miracles. We don't a lot of times look at it as a miracle that we have some provisions in our life because we live in America. We are blessed. Thank God that we're blessed. Thank God that we live in America and have the blessings of the Lord here. But the thing about it is we, we sometimes write those things off as those are just, yeah, that's just what happens. No, there are times that there are direct supernatural miracles in your life of how God has provided for you a job, uh, maybe good pay, supplied food on your table when you had no idea that... Uh, that the food was going to be there, uh, and I'm, and I know you know you know the story, but uh, Sister Sharitha Wheeler, it still amazes me every time I think about the story of her uh, mom and her family uh, getting around the table. They had no food in the house, uh, but they set the table and they asked the blessings upon the food that they didn't have, and they didn't know where the food was going to come from. They had no food in the house had several kids in the family and uh, the father was out trying to find a job and how that they prayed over the food and there was a phone call and it was a woman that went to the church that they were attending and called up and said, I hope that I'm not um, troubling you at this time, but I have some food. My freezer went out and I had to take the food out of the freezer and I don't have a place to put it, but I would like to give it to you and I hope 
that I am not embarrassing you by giving it to you. No, no, that's not embarrassment. That's an answer to prayer. And how that the faith, I've listened to Sister Sharitha's mom and dad talk. I love to listen to them because they begin to speak about faith and the power of faith and how God has supplied the needs that they have had in their lives. And I just love sitting and listening to the stories, the true stories of how they prayed and trust God and God has provided for them. But you see, we sometimes we write some things off as that's just, that's just you know, just, it just happened. No, it's a miracle. But um, the Lord is always a present help in time of need. Present help right now in time of need. If you've got a need right now, you pray and trust God. God can take care of it. Now, I do want you to understand you have to be open here to trust God that if He chooses to do it a little bit different than what we specifically asked, that we trust that He's going to do it better than what we really wanted. And He will. I've had many things happen in my life that I asked God for some certain thing and it started going a different direction seemingly, but yet when it all came together, it was better than what I asked for. That's the way God operates. Thank the Lord for His provisions. It is a miracle. God gives us a miracle. In times of trouble, He is our shield. In times of concern, He brings comfort. In times of unrest, we've all been there, He becomes our peace. In times of want, He becomes our supply. He is always there for us. We're His children. He cares about us. Amen. But in this story, we find that the Lord is our compassionate provider. In Matthew 14... 14 through 16, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and He healed their sick. Now, I want to set something up here just for a moment to help you understand what was happening to Jesus. We know that Jesus, uh, of course, is God in flesh uh, and came and dwelt among us, and He... He, he was moved also with the feelings, with the feelings of what we feel, and he felt the temptations yet without sin. But here Jesus had dealt with that John the Baptist had been killed. And here he was going to find a place away from everybody else, in a desert place, evidently, but yet there was a multitude that liked to follow Jesus. They loved to hear his teaching. They loved to see miracles, the blinded eyes open, the deaf ears unstopped, uh, the healing of the lame. I mean, the list goes on and on. And they loved to follow Jesus. In multitudes, they would follow Jesus. But yet, we find that Jesus was dealing with uh, knowing that John the Baptist, of course, was going to be killed. But yet, he was dealing with those feelings also. Dealing with that, that loss, knowing that he was a great prophet, great man of God, and Jesus traveled by ship to a desert place. Not too many people live in desert places, so he was trying to possibly get away from everything, the hustle and bustle of life. And, you know, even Jesus found a place to rest, and that should be a lesson even to us. There's times we just need to take a break, get a rest, so we can get back and get a strong desire to move forward, uh, not to fall backward, but yet to rest. But Jesus traveled by ship to a desert place. And he was dealing, of course, I'm sure with his human side, the sorrow that he saw uh, in, in John the Baptist being killed, but yet he also put his feelings aside when he saw the needs of the multitude. He saw a multitude there. The Bible says that he healed those. I don't know what all he did. He probably taught them. He prayed for them, laid hands on them. They were healed. They were delivered. The Bible talks about the healing. Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. Anybody that has ever been in a church service where you have a healing line? Anybody ever seen that? 
we, we probably need to do that in this church. But I remember a camp meeting. We, brother, a friend of mine, brother Billy Pendergrass, was leading the service, and uh, uh, he felt like he needed to have a, a, a healing line, prayer line. So he calls those that were sick. Well, we ended up having a prayer line for probably a couple of hours. Because people kept coming through the line, we were praying for people. So many needs, so many struggles, so many, so many needs for provisions in their life and healing in their bodies. But I can only imagine what Jesus, uh, as he was praying for the sick and the miracles that took place that day. A lot of miracles. Faith was high. When you see a miracle, what does that do to your faith? It raises your faith. Faith was high. We've we've seen miracles here in this church. Uh, testimonies of people being healed miraculously. Some powerful things happen here. And it raises our faith to a higher level. But here Jesus was moved with compassion for these people. And when it was evening, His disciples came to Him saying, this is a desert place. There's no McDonald's around here. There's no Popeye's chicken. There's no Lee's chicken. There's no Revenelli's. There's, um, there's no Pizza Hut and there's no Romas in the desert. So they were saying, Jesus, we're going to have to send them away. Let them go and find their food. And Jesus said, why send them away? Uh, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. Can you imagine what Jesus, what we would feel like if Jesus said, give them to eat when you didn't have any food in your hands? You didn't have any food with you? The question here is, for one thing, why didn't the people bring food? Uh, why didn't the disciples bring food? The only one that had food that day was a little lad that had a uh, probably a lunch that his mom packed for him, and it was a few loaves and a few fishes. That's all they had. And they just had that of the lad. But Jesus taught them, and they grew hungry. And here's the thing. The Lord knew the needs of the multitude. He knew that they were hungry. He knew that they needed some provisions here. Let me stop here and say this. He knows your needs. He knows my needs. He knows exactly what I need today and tomorrow and the next week. And as I mentioned, the testimony of uh, Sister uh, Darlene, Brother Ron, uh, the Lord spoke to them about praying for me, but he, God knew what I needed the next few days in my life. And thank the Lord that they listened and prayed for me. He provided a miracle of provision that day. I am a firm believer that there are miracles all around us. If we will be sensitive enough to listen to the voice of God, lead us to the needs of people. God knows the needs of us, but He knows the needs of others around us. Amen? He knows our need down to the most minute details of life. It doesn't have to be a gigantic thing for God to know. He's God. He knows exactly what you have need of down to the very tiniest of things that need to be taken care of. God knows our needs. He sees the sparrow that falls from the ground that a lot of people forget about. God knows every time a sparrow falls. That's what the Bible says. Um, matter of fact, uh, He has even numbered the hairs of our head. Numbered the hairs of our head. How many of us count the hair that you lost in your brush? We don't. You do? <laughs> you count it? Well, all I can say is I'm making God's job a whole lot easier every week. <laughs> he doesn't have to count so long. It's getting easier for Him. But uh, the Lord, even to the very minute things, He has our, our hair of our head numbered. And He knows us. Probably, well, not probably, He does. He knows us more than we know ourselves. We think we know a lot about ourselves. God knows us even better than we know ourselves. He's our Creator. Amen. 
Another thing about it is the Lord provides even in the desert. They were out in a desert. What do you think of a desert? Dry place. A place where there's heart and there's not too much habitation. People are not living out in the desert. They're usually in a, an area where there's water. Or, matter of fact, when we were in Israel, they, they said anytime there's water, there's going to be habitation. And uh, it's amazing when you consider uh, in Israel the water sources that are there. And that's where people live. That's where the towns are built. But the Lord provides even in the desert. The people listened to Him. They allowed Him to pray for them and them to be healed. But then they got to a point where it was late and they were hungry. And Jesus didn't just provide. He provided abundantly for them. They were hungry. They didn't have a place to get food. All they had was just a few loaves and a few fishes. But we all have been recipients of God's provisions while going through a desert experience. There's been times, you know, pastor is not exempt from desert places and wilderness places because it's just a fact of our spiritual walk with God or even life in general that we're going to go through times where it's going to feel like a desert, where things are dry you might not be able to feel God like you want to. You might not be able. You might get down and pray, and you don't feel God like you you have in the past. But you know what you do in those times? You don't stop praying. You don't stop worshiping. You might even come into the house of God and sing the songs. And and before it seemed to be very free to feel the presence of God. And then you come into the house of God, and you might feel like you're up against a brick wall. What do you do? Stop praising God? No. You just keep pressing on. You keep pressing on in prayer. You keep pressing on in worship. You keep pressing on in praise and worship to the Lord because He's worthy. And trust me, there might be a a time you're going through a wilderness or a dry place, but when you keep on pushing forward, you're going to have a breakthrough. Amen? You're going to have a breakthrough. I know. I've been there. I've experienced it myself, just like many of you have also. But there are times we're in wilderness experiences, in a desert place. That doesn't stop God from providing provisions for us. That doesn't stop God from working miracles for us. Just because we're in a, in a desert, in a dry place, maybe spiritually or physically or just life in general, just brings some struggles our way. God does not stop the provisions and the miracles of provision. Matter of fact, it's even more of a miracle when we're in a desert place trying to find God. It's more of a miracle then than it ever is at any other time. Amen? You're in a desert place? It's more of a miracle then when God provides provisions. We are blessed. It is a miracle. We live every day in a miracle. In a miracle. Being blessed by God. Thank the Lord for it. Amen. God provides in those desert places, in those desert experiences. It says in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 20 and 21, Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. God provided even in the time of a wilderness experience of the children of Israel. And, and when, when they wandered in the wilderness, you look in your Bible at the maps where they're circling for 40 years, but God provided for them. Provided for them. What a miracle. He provided water from, from places you never even thought it would come from. He provided manna from heaven. He didn't allow their clothes to wax old, and their feet did not swell in that hot desert sand. I've been there. I've felt that heat of the of the desert. <laughs> it, it, it's a 
a totally different place than where I grew up in Missouri. Springs coming up out of the water, cold water coming out of the ground. You could sip it and drink it. But you're walking in, you're walking in sand and desert and dry places. Yeah, it's beautiful. We even rode camels through the desert. I'm telling you, that's not the most easy thing to do. <laughs> Some of you have seen a, a video here recently of two people getting on a camel, and the camel couldn't even get his head up. How many have seen that? Raise your hand. Have you? <laughs> Some of you have Oh, you got to see that. It's funny. i got a picture of my wife also on a camel, and it's so funny. I can show you after church, but... She had a big smile on her face. She was all happy. She was getting ready to ride a camel. And then as I was videoing her, the camel stood up, and you should have seen her eyes. They got about that big around. And her mouth was wide open as this thing she thought she was going to fall off. And her countenance turned from a smile to, like, scared to death. It was hilarious. But you also got to see that one where the two people, <laughs> the camel could get his head up. It was hilarious. But, you know, in dry places, I'm thankful I'm able to drive a Chevrolet pickup to, well, I didn't drive it tonight. Micah drove it to work at church tonight. So I'm thankful that I am able to drive a Chevrolet pickup to church at times instead of a camel. <laughs> but you see, there are times that our faith is also tested by God. Our faith is tested by God. Someone said, Faith is neither proven nor real until it is tested. And one cannot give a testimony until there is a test. Our faith has been tested before. We know what the Bible says about His provisions. Our backs have been against the wall at times. And we have been tested in our faith. But you know, the more you see God move, the more you pray and trust in the Lord and build a relationship with God in the power of His Spirit, the more you're going to trust Him when your back's against the wall and it seems like you're in a desert place and there's no place to receive a miracle of provision. That is when God comes through. That is when God comes through. Abraham's faith was tested many times on his journey to the promise. Even after the promise came, his faith was tested. Even after his son Isaac was born, that promise that God had given him, his faith was tested to take him to the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. But Abraham was a man of faith because he had experienced the power of God providing miracles of provisions from the time he spoke to him in his country and he, he came by camels and caravans over to Canaan area where God has promised him the land and gave him the promise of a son that was going to be blessed. Then also, before and after the promise came, his faith was tested. But he came out through that. He said, God will provide a sacrifice. And guess what? He did. And he's still doing that. His faith is tested. I know my faith has been tested many times. But I've seen too much to not believe. I've experienced too much in my walk with God to not believe. I've seen God come through in times I didn't think... Uh, that human possible, it could happen. But I knew that God possible. Anything is possible with God. And He came through. And it seems like at times that He pushes it to the very limit. We think He should act and do something a little bit quicker, but we trust God to the end, and God comes through. Always. In His way. But there's times our, our faith is tested. Another part of the story is if we're going to see a miracle of provision, we need to give God what we have. Give God what we have. You know, the greatest miracles begin with what we have in our own hands. What we have in our own hands. 
Abraham was willing to give God his promised son. It was a promise. He had received it. But he was willing to give it to God because he trusted God. He trusted God with the promise. That is faith. Abraham, his name is in the hall of faith in the book of Hebrews. When they list all of the names of faith. It's important for us to get to the point where we trust God so much that even the things that we have in our hands, we give it to Him. Because when we give it to Him like the lad did, the few loaves and the fishes, He gave what He had in His, in his lunch sack, what He had in His hands. And God didn't just <laughs> take what He had and not give anything back to Him. When it was all said and done, He gave back more than what He even gave in the first place. That is exactly what God does. Talking about it at Thanksgiving time and thankful for the blessings that God gives us. Every one of us here are blessed. <coughs> we are so blessed. We have been blessed beyond measure. There, there's no way to fully describe it, the blessings that God has given. But I know there's been times that, that all of us have given what we have and God has given back far greater than what we ever gave. That's just the way God works. Before the Lord multiplied the fishes and the loaves, the lad had to be willing to open his hand to Jesus and give up his right to what he possessed and trust God that what he was going to give back to him was going to be greater than what he gave out of his hand. It mattered not that what he gave seemed so inadequate when you consider 5,000 people. Can you imagine taking uh, a few loaves and a few fishes and feeding 5,000 people? It seems so inadequate. You see, we're not dealing with a God that is just like a human. We're dealing with a God that is all-powerful, all-knowing. Amen. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere. We're dealing with a God that when you give Him things that you feel like are so inadequate, and sometimes you feel like it's so inadequate that you just feel embarrassed to even give it to God. Let me tell you something. You give it to God and let God take care of the rest, and He will multiply it beyond your imagination and take care of the need in your life, your family, and your church, and your world. That's just the way God operates. I heard a testimony here recently um, that um, in this church that someone had taken one of the envelopes for Christmas for Christ, and, of course, we had them turned up this year so that you could see what you were getting, and... Um, so they reached down and grabbed one of them and didn't know how God was going to take care of it. But God took care of it. And they were able to have the, the funds. Uh, what she was offering was inadequate, but what God gave back to her was more than what was adequate to take care of that need. But you see how God operates? He operates in the power of the supernatural. That's the God we're serving. I've seen it so many times in my own life, my own family. I've seen us give what we had in our hands, and God just totally gives back far greater than what we ever give to Him. It says in the book of Luke 6 and 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. God can even use men and women to give back to you and bless you and multiply. Amen. You know, one of the things about um, uh, giving in church, I know we give to different offerings, Christmas for Christ, Jesus for Christ, is that we give faithfully on 
on our tithes and offerings to the church to build the kingdom of God and landmark and, and, and to minister beyond our walls in our world. Missions, home missions, we give. We give in several different areas. Um, I do know that that is a blessing from God to give what you have in your hand. And it's not always just funds, money. It's giving of your time, your life, your heart, your soul to help somebody else. God always takes care of those. But it says here in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10 through 12, and thinking about the lad that had the few loaves and the fishes, and he gave it, and how that God gives far back greater than what we could give. In Malachi 3, 10 through 12, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. By giving what we have in our hands. God will multiply it many times over. We've got testimonies here tonight of what God has done by us just giving of our loaves and fishes to God. And how God multiplies it. Moses gave the rod that was in his hand. And God performed a miracle with that rod. David gave a stone in his hand that he had taken out of a brook and slayed a giant, Goliath, and won victory for Israel. He gave what was in his hand. In the wilderness, the lad gave of his lunch, and it fed 5,000 there that day. And I believe that the Bible says that there were even more than just the 5,000. Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Sometimes people trust more in man than they do God. But it says here, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. When we trust in man, we're losing out on the great miracle of provision. If we, because sometimes we trust so much in man that we think God acts like man. If we give to man and the arm of man, they might take, they might give back some, but they don't give back like God gives back. They don't. I mean, there's times you might find someone that might multiply it and give back more from the abundance of their heart, but I believe it's because of the love of God and the desire to do something for the Lord and be used of God. But when you give it into the hands of God, He is a multiplier. He multiplies and blesses with the miracles of provision. In this story also, He will bless what we give. Sometimes we hold back because we feel like, as I mentioned earlier, it's so inadequate for us to to give of our time or of our life to help somebody else. It's so inadequate. I don't have the words to speak. I don't have uh, very much to give. And when we think that way, we're thinking with human perception. It's the way humans think. But when we think in terms of faith in God and trust in God, what mattered to God was, was that they were willing to give to Him. Not what He had. If, if, if they gave in the perception of man, they would think, we've got to give truckloads of loaves and fishes to feed the 5,000. Jesus was more concerned that they gave instead of so concerned about how much they gave. And when he took it in his hands, he broke it. And he multiplied it. 
That's what mattered to God that they gave. You see, the church today, landmark, we have within our hands a miracle of the gospel to save the world. And sometimes we hold it back because we feel it's so inadequate to, to reach how many millions and billions of people in our world? I don't know. Does anybody know how many, how many people in our world? Does anybody have a number? I, seven billion? Okay. Billion? Sometimes we feel so inadequate to be able to give the gospel because we, we can't reach the seven billion. But let me tell you something. It starts somewhere. It starts in giving. We might have a very small amount to be able to give to reach 7 billion people, but yet God can multiply it to the point where it can touch people's lives that we never thought could be touched. Thank God that someone touched our life. The miracle of provision. And that's the way God operates. But we have as a church within our hands the miracle of the gospel that can save 7 billion people. It's a matter of us giving it to others and sharing it with others. Instead of harboring it, give it what's in our hands. In this story also, uh, the Lord will break what we give. He'll break what we give. Matthew 10.39, He that findeth his life shall lose it. And then it goes on and says, And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. That don't seem right to the human thinking. But to God, when we give of our life and lose it in His presence, and lose it within His gospel, and lose it within His obedience to His word, when we give of our life to Him, we're going to find it greater than what it was before. Because the Lord is not into just giving life. The Bible says He wants to give it more abundantly. That's the way God does. He multiplies. John twelve twenty four and 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. What does that mean? It means if we give our life and die to this world and give our lives to him, there's going to be some great blessings that are come in our lives. Not just, and yeah, blessings, there's blessings in this life. I thank the Lord for uh, the pleasure of living for God in this life. But I'm not so attached to this world that this is all that it is. It's about eternal things in God. I can't wait to get to the place where I stand before the throne of God and worship Him throughout eternity. Talking about a beautiful thing in God. What a beautiful victory. Amen. This world is not my home. I'm just, as the songwriter said, I'm just passing through. But our heavenly place in God... When we give our life to the Lord, God has some things that eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. It hasn't even entered into our imaginations what God has prepared for us. There's things that we only can understand through the Spirit, the Bible says. But when you give to God, it's multiplied many, many, many times over. Amen. The body of Christ had to be broken on the cross before we could before we could be saved, before the world could be saved, he had to give his life and be broken on the cross. The lad's food was broken and then distributed in the hands of the Lord. And what we give to God will have to be broken for it to be distributed to those around us. Another part of it is we must distribute what he returns to us. The miracle provision was predicated on two things. The lad giving what he had and the disciples' willingness 
to distribute what the Lord placed in their hands. Two things. The lad had to be willing to give what he had, and the disciples were, had to be willing to distribute what the Lord had placed in their hands. And it multiplied by the Lord from their hands. I want to read that scripture again in the book of Matthew. It says, And they say unto him, in verse 17, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves, the loaves that were the lads, he broke them. And he gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples to the multitude. God gave. He, he received what the lad had given. He broke it. And he distributed to the disciples to distribute it to the multitudes. And through the hands and the miracle power of provision... Jesus distributed that miracle through the disciples, and that's what God wants to do through us. We're a part of this miracle. We're a part of this miracle. God, What God gives to us, He wants us to be willing to distribute it to others. But it has been broken. Things that have been broken. Are we willing to distribute what God gives to us. I know it's so easy for us to harbor it, harbor the blessings of God, harbor these things of God, but we need to be willing to open our hands and our heart and our soul and distribute it and give it out, what God gives to us and bless others. You know, God entrusts us with blessings. I'm bringing this to a close. God, He entrusts us with blessings to redistribute. The fragments left over, the Bible says that the fragments that were left over outweighed what the, lot, what the lad gave, the five loaves and the two fishes. And when it was all finished, they had baskets full. They had more than what they started with. And that is exactly what God will do for us through the miracle of provisions. We are blessed beyond measure. So this Thanksgiving, what we need to do is be very thankful to God that we live in a country that we are blessed with the food that we need for our lives. We, we are blessed with the comforts of life, but we also not need to just harbor it for ourselves, but we need to think about and pray for and, and, and be open to distribute what God has blessed us with to help others in this world because there are people in this world, in, in Africa, in Haiti, in other countries, that are starving today, wondering where the food's going to come from, where their home, where their shelter is going to come from. But the thing about it, it's not just in Africa, in Haiti, or in other countries that are poor, but it's right here in America. There are needs. I guess the question is, are we willing to give what we have in our hand, and also what God gives back to us, are we willing to distribute that in the multitudes of people that we face every day in, in, in order to bless them and watch it perform a miracle of provision into the lives of others? We need to be thankful this Thanksgiving holiday and thank the Lord for what He has blessed us with. And also thank the Lord for what we can distribute out of our hands to help others along the way. That's the way God works. The fragments that we give to the Lord, what was left over, of course, of those fragments outweighed what the lad gave. And that's the way God operates. He is an abundant provider. He he supplies and exceeds our needs. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all 
your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And he rewards his rewards exceed our expectations. There's times God there's times that God just totally he, he just totally exceeds what I even expect for him to do back into my life. He exceeds that. And I'm going to close with this scripture, Ephesians three twenty. 21, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I want to go back to verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that we ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. God is a giving God. And if we're going to be Christ-like, we need to be giving people. And we are. You are. You're, you're, you're a giving with big hearts. You love helping others. But I think this Thanksgiving season and this Christmas season, we need to find people to distribute a blessing into and help them along the way. And just watch the miracle of provision and how God operates in that miracle. Try God. See what He will do. He will make make a miracle that will totally amaze you. And what it's going to do for your faith is going to make your faith soar. And just watch what God does. Amen. I'd like for us to stand. And I'd like for us to give thanks unto the Lord for what He is doing and what He's going to do and what He's going to do through what we give to Him out of our hands. Let's thank Him right now. God, I thank You, Lord, for Your blessings to my life.